Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. Now, if it were true that you had to confess your sins in order to be forgiven, what if you go about life and you sin and you forget to confess it? And then you die. And then, oh, I, Jesus, you think Jesus is going to tell you, well, hey, I forgave you, but you forgot to confess that one, so bye-bye. Is that what we're saying? Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Kingdom Rock, let's welcome our online community. Welcome, welcome. All that applause is for you, and we thank you so very much for joining us from wherever you are all around the world, whether you're uh, in the United States, overseas, wherever you are, in your living room, uh, in your car, wherever you are, we thank you so much for joining us today. And don't forget to go to our website at kingdomrock.org. There you can find other wonderful messages, uh, other videos that you can watch, and just a whole lot of resources there at kingdomrock.org. And while you're on the website, make sure you click the Give button and give into the ministry. A little bit goes a long way, and we thank you for your support. All right, well, today we're going to go into part number nine in the series entitled Tell Hell No. Now, this series is sort of morphing uh, into speaking about law and grace. So from here on out, unless the Lord tells me, we're just going to, I'm not going to serialize it. No, we're not going to put it in a series, just going to come up and give you the word. How about that? Amen. So we'll just go that way. All right. So our journey today starts in the book of Acts, Acts, the uh, 13th chapter, Acts 13, Acts 13. And as you can see, I do have my chalkboard here today, and it is very possible that I will be writing on the chalkboard. When you see it here, that means it's possible that he will write. We'll just have to see. All right. Acts 13. Let's look at uh, verses 38 and 39. Acts 13. 38-39, this is part of the apostles' teaching concerning the Lord Jesus Christ, and I really need you to get this. It says, Be it known unto you, uh, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man, this man, of course, is Jesus, right? That through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. The forgiveness of sins. Verse 38, and by him, all that believe are justified. Say justified. justified. And by him, all that believe are justified from how many? All. From all things. From which ye could not be justified by the law of Moses. Now, today we're going to really be looking at really the, the battle rages on especially in the modern-day church, between um, grace and the law, between grace and the law, and how you as a born-again believer uh, can have victory in life by knowing the difference between the two and how to step into it and how to stay, remain in grace. Uh, this is one great example here. Again, through Jesus Christ, you have forgiveness of sins. Now, you have to remember that. You have to confess that. Say with me, I am forgiven, I am forgiven of, sins. of sins. Now, when he's talking about forgiveness of sins, he's talking about forgiveness of all your sins. Here's a hard pill to swallow for a lot of people. You are actually forgiven of all sins, past, present, and future. You're forgiven of all sins. I can feel some of the, some of the daggers coming at me now, Todd. You're forgiven of all sins, past, present, and and future. Now we're going to I'll bring all this up to you. Verse 39 says, and by him all that believe. Now again, this is to the believer, right? All that believe are justified from all things. Of course, the law couldn't do this for you. So by Jesus Christ you are justified. Justified meaning declared free of guilt. As a believer, you have been declared free of guilt. Free of guilt. Say with me, as a believer in Jesus Christ, 
I have been forgiven of all sins, past, present, future, and I have been declared free from all guilt. Now, that's important for you to know. Now, I w- I w- we would get into this next time. I'm not sure if we will or not. But 1 John 1, 9 says that we would confess our sins before God, before the Father, that he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all sin and unrighteousness. So many say we, when we read the verse, we, we think, okay, wait now. Then my forgiveness is contingent upon my confession. If I don't confess that I have been, that if I don't confess my sin before God, then I won't be forgiven. That what you're telling me? So I don't know about this uh, being forgiven of all sins, past, present, and future, when the Bible clearly says that if I confess my sins, then I'll be forgiven. Well, see, that's one thing we call not rightly dividing the scripture. So, again, you're not confessing your sin to be forgiven. You're confessing your sin because you are forgiven. Now, if it were true that you had to confess your sins in order to be forgiven, what if you go about life and you sin and you forget to confess it? And then you die. And then, oh, I, Jesus, you think Jesus is going to tell you, well, hey, I forgave you, but you forgot to confess that one, so bye-bye. Is that what we're saying? Or maybe a believer, while in the act of sinning, while in the act of sinning, they die. Get it before the Lord. Lord say, hey, I forgave all your sins, but remember the one you just did? What if you, you, you know what you were doing, and you didn't ask me to forgive you. So because you didn't ask, bye-bye. No, the blood of Jesus cleansed you from all sin and unrighteousness, past, present, and future. Again, you don't confess sin to be forgiven. You confess your sins because you are forgiven. And the word confession there in 1 John 1, 9, Lord, we're going to go this way just for a minute. It's not in my notes, but in the confession of sin in John 1, 9, the word confession there means to agree with. You are agreeing with God that what you've done is not in is not in his character, not in his nature, that this is sin, that this is that this was some bad thing you've done. You've agreeing with God that that is the case. This is sin. Now, when you confess your sin before the Lord, also one, you're agreeing with God that this is that this is something bad, that this is sin. And when you do that, you also break the power of the of sin's mastery over you. What the devil attempts to do, every time you sin, he attempts to master you. He he attempts to enslave you. All sin has the ability to enslave you. You tell one lie, then you got to tell somebody else another lie. Then you got to tell somebody else. It's trying to enslave you. Uh, Lust, also it tries to ensnare. Gossip, oh, it's so juicy. It's trying to ensnare you. All sin is trying to ensnare you, trying to enslave you. And when we go before God and we confess it, we drag that thing into the light and it breaks the power off of it. But as long as you continue to sin and leave it in the area of darkness, it has the ability to enslave you or to ensnare you. So this is why a believer has to confess their sin, not to be forgiven. You're already forgiven. You're already forgiven, but you're confessing your sin before God so that, number one, you're agreeing with God that, hey, this is wrong. And you know that sin hurts the father. It hurts him. You know, he said, oh, my child, just like your child does something wrong or some or friend does something wrong, you know that they have hurt you. You say, Father, I, I've done this. I agree with you that this is something bad and I ask you to cleanse me of this thing. So you're dragging this thing into the light where the Father cleanses and washes. Now, if we would also look into 1 John, you you see that, um, I believe in verse number 8, it talks about uh, the stance of the born-again believer. It says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, the blood of Jesus, we have fellowship one with another. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin and unrighteousness. Cleanses us. That word cleanses there is a continual cleansing. It's a continual washing, like you're standing under a never-ending waterfall. As you're in the light, 
And you're in the light not because of your actions, but because you have believed in Jesus. Your believing in Jesus give you that, uh, that new born-again spirit, that new born-again um, spirit, and the Holy Spirit lives, in, lives on the inside of you. That is, you step into grace and you are continually washed by the blood of Jesus, continually washed. It's a never-ending flow of washing. And because you're under that never-ending flow of washing, you are continually cleansed. Amen? Now, if you go back and read, just do, 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 do a little research if you want to, you'll find that First uh, John was not written um, to a believing church. First John was actually written to uh, a group of believers that were basically hoodwinked by uh, false prophets who came in with an antichrist spirit that denounced that Jesus rose from the grave and the church had just had gone off, just gone off the rails. That particular fellowship had gone off the rails. So John was writing, or the Spirit of God was writing through John to get, every, get everybody back on course. So he was writing to what many call uh, some agnostics, or writing to those who did not have faith, full faith in Jesus. So he's telling them, hey, if you confess this, God is faithful and just to forgive you. He'll get you back on course here. And then, he, of course, he tells them, this is the way you should be going. You should be uh, walking in fellowship with God. But possibly we'll get into that, um, the whole thing about that later on. But what I want you to know is that, first of all, that you are forgiven of all sins. And you have to walk in that consciousness that I am forgiven of all sins. I am forgiven of all sins. But wait a minute. If we say we're forgiven of all sins, won't, don't that mean, won't it mean that people are going to go out and just start sinning? Why don't we just sin? Well, the Bible tells us again about that. If you as a believer, uh, when you go out and just you say, I'm just going to sin, sin like crazy. First of all, again, if you dance with the devil, he's going to dip you. You're going to invite all kind of mess into your life. And again, sin has the ability to master you or to control you. OK, no matter what it is, whether it's gambling, it can control you, whether it's drinking, it can control you, whether it's drugs, it can control you. And the devil would love to control you and he would surely love to control your mouth. So when you invite him in through sin, through an action, through an act of sin, you must first of all confess that before God, agree with God that this is not right, that this is sin before God. You confess that before him. And you acknowledge that you are still the righteousness of God. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are still the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now, as I was saying that, uh, you heard me say, thank you, Holy Spirit, because he brought something else to my remembrance. I, I love that. As I'm speaking to you, I'm thinking with my mind, trying to hear from the Lord, and I'm having a conversation with you. And he's also at the same time having a conversation with me. Now, what he told me just a few moments ago was that to address the thing of when we sin, we say, well, I know I'm forgiven by God. I know I'm forgiven by God, but uh, unless I confess it, my fellowship with him is broken. We say the relationship is intact because you are still God's child, but the fellowship with God is broken. So we need to confess or ask God to forgive us so that we can be in right fellowship with God. Now, that is actually a fallacy. God's relationship with you never changes, and his fellowship with you never changes. If our fellowship with God changed on the basis of our works, it's no longer grace, but it's an act of works. Oh, God, I got to be good today or you won't fellowship with me. Uh, I sinned today, so that means you turn your back and I got, to, I got to beg and grovel for you to ask you to forgive me so that we can be back in proper fellowship. No, no. Again, if you're earning Earning your way into fellowship with God, it is not of grace, but it is of law. God never leaves. He's with you when you think that you are good. He's with you right there in the club. When you're taking a sip of the 40 or the 100 or whatever it is, he's right there on the bar stool, bar stool right next to you. He loves you. He's right there. He has not left. He's let, he was there when you thought about doing it. He was there when you did it. He was there when you, after you did it and you say, God, forgive me. He was there all the time. He, she, he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's there. 
the relationship, the fellowship with God doesn't change. But who changes in the relationship? It's us. So how do we keep that unbroken? By not allowing sin to have dominion over us. By confessing, even in the midst of it, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, my Lord. I am forgiven. I am cleansed. I am whole. I am justified in the sight of God. I am a son of God. I am holy. For the word of God declares, be holy. For I am holy, says the Lord. I confess who I am. Who I am in him and who he is in me. I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. Remember, it is the goodness of God that leads us into repentance. So if I remind myself, if I continue to confess the same things, then my relationship with him, my fellowship with him has not changed. But your part, our part in fellowship with him will change if we sin and say, oh, my goodness, what I've done, God won't forgive me. And I'm going right back over here. What am I doing? I'm looking at me. What have I done? What have I said? I can't do this thing right. I just can't get it right. I just can't get it right. I can't pray enough. I don't know when last time I prayed. I don't know when the last time I went to church. I don't remember last time I got in the Bible. Oh, what? I, I, me, 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 I, I, I. And that makes people, does that make one, does that make people want to come to church or go away from the church? Confessing all of that bad stuff over your life. God doesn't like me. God hates me. God's cursing me. God's cursing me. God has done this stuff to me. But no, honey, it wasn't God that did that to you. You invite the devil in, remember? Remember that song you danced with him? You danced with the devil on the dance floor and he dipped you? See, the enemy has the ability to come in and plant bombs all around your life. You think, well, nothing happened. Nothing happened. I'm good. But then he go outside and he'll detonate it. Boom. At the appropriate time. That's why you have to confess that thing before the Lord. Get it out of your life. Get it out of your life. Get it out of your life. Agree with God. Get it out of your life. Amen. Unrepented sin, unconfessed sin is dangerous in a believer's life. It's like an open door. You got to keep those doors closed. Are you forgiven? Absolutely. Say with me, I am forgiven. Now, again, that's a hard pill to swallow for many. You're not just forgiven when you ask for forgiveness. If that were true, then, you know, we're, again, it is then still works base. I'm forgiven of all sin, past, present, and future. When Jesus was crucified, here's some new information that many people don't really realize especially in this day and time, when Jesus was crucified on the cross, you weren't born yet. And that's, woo, Tamara, woo, that's a, your mama wasn't born, your grandmama wasn't born. So when Jesus said on the cross, it is finished, he was, to talk, he was talking to people that were alive then, yes, but also to us now today, it's done. When you gave your life to Jesus, he didn't get right back on the cross and die just for you that day. The work was already finished. You just entered into a finished work. All of you entered into the finished work. All of who you are. You got me? So we need to put that notion to bed. Say with me, I am forgiven of all sins. Past, Past, present, present, and future. I am justified justified of all things. things. Now, again, justified means to be declared guiltless, free of guilt. Now, this is the way God sees you. We have to agree with what God says. But the battle is when we don't agree, when when we're walking by sight and not by faith, because we see our actions and say, God, I'm bad. You can't want me. But the Lord sees the end result of a thing. He knows exactly who you are and exactly who you're capable of. That's why he called you. Are you hearing me? Look at uh, John 1, uh, John 1, verse 17. John 1, verse 17. The Bible says, for the law was given by Moses. 
but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Understand something, the law was given by Moses. When you think about the law, you think about Ten Commandments. You think about, also known as the, the Decalogue, the Ten Words. You think about the ceremonial laws. All the law was given by Moses, but God never intended to redeem man through law. Law was only given to show you that you had sin in your life. The law is like a mirror. Now, let's say you're getting ready to go out somewhere. You're going to get ready to go out to, um, uh, to a fancy restaurant. And you are getting dressed. But you don't look in the mirror. Before you decided, before you left, you said, you know, I need some collard greens before I go. I'm hungry. I'm hungry now. But you don't realize you got some collard greens right down your teeth. You, don't real, you didn't realize that you hadn't washed your face. You didn't remember. You, don't, you, know, you went out, you didn't even comb your hair. You, you didn't realize that. You didn't realize that you had, your clothes weren't really matching. You just tried to do things the best you could, could and you were running out. The mirror, when you stand in front of the mirror, the mirror shows you all of your flaws. That's what the law of God does. It shows you your sin. You stand in front of the mirror. But the mirror does not have the power to change you. The law did not have the power to justify you or to change you. The mirror does not have hands that can fix your shirt, that can fix your collar. Let me give you some advice. If you have a mirror that, uh, that has hands coming out, run. <laughs> Are you hearing me? Something is bad wrong. Way wrong. The law did not have the power to change you. It could only show you your sin. The Bible said they made sin exceedingly sinful because man thought, hey, I'm good the way I am. I can keep this thing. God said, no, you can't. So the law was never intended to make you righteous or justified in the sight of God. But we continue to, to uh, exalt the law as if, if, if by your actions you're going to be made right with God and you will not be. It was not intended for that. Are you hearing? I cannot wait to go further with you. All right. So again, law was given by Moses to show the people that they were exceedingly sinful. But grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. You notice. Okay, here we go. Here is the chalk. It's going to happen today. All right, so we see that, um, let's do it this way. Uh, law came by Moses, but grace and truth, mm, let's do it this way. Grace and truth that came by Jesus Christ, right? Now notice truth is on the side of grace. Truth is liberating. Truth always liberates. Let's go to uh, John 8. John 8. Truth is liberating. Truth sets you free, right? John 8. Let's look at verse 31 through 36. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the? You shall know the truth, and the truth shall do what? Make you free. Uh, they answered him, we be Abraham's seed and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, um, ye shall be made free. Verily, rather, verse 34, Jesus answered them, verily, verily, I say unto you, we were just talking about this a moment ago, whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. Word servant is a fancy word for slave. When you commit sin, you have the uh, sin. When, you, when we commit a sin, it has the ability to enslave us. Jesus said, it, hey, if you believe in me, you will not be enslaved. Hey, we're not, we haven't been enslaved to anybody. Your sin is enslaving you. You're a slave and you don't even know it. Verse 35, uh, and the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. If the son, therefore, shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Thing for you to know is that under law, there is a type of bondage. Bondage. And under grace, there is 
Freedom. Freedom. The big thing is, people, remember the law, the Bible says law is not of faith, but law is of works. Let's do this. The law is of works, uh, but grace is of faith. F-A-I-T-H. God always wanted to redeem his people by faith and not by adhering to or keeping the law. How do I know that? Because the way of faith was shared with Abraham first. Way back in the beginnings. Now I'm going to do another line here. Way back. When God first went to Abraham. The Bible says this represents Abraham here. Okay. When God went to Abraham and Abraham believed God. And God accounted his faith unto him as righteousness. God says, you're righteous because you believe in me. God promised Abraham a seed. He said, all families of the earth will be blessed by this seed. That seed is Christ, right? So God gave, if, if this is the flow of history here, God gave this promise to Abraham that he would basically send a savior and people who would believe in him, he would send a Messiah. Those who would believe in the Messiah would be reckoned righteous with God, would be in right standing with God, because they believe in him, believe in the Messiah. All right. But then somewhere in here, the law was given. This law came by Moses. All right. And then for a period of time, let's say from here, from here to here was the law. The law was given to show people that they needed the savior that God was going to bring. Right. Jesus came at this moment here. And when Jesus came in, the way of law was no longer needed. He fulfilled it. Now God would save people again according to the, according to the way of faith. You got it? According to the way of faith. And honestly speaking, we as Gentiles were never under the law in the first place. The law was never given to the Gentiles. It was always given to the Jews. You were never meant to be under law because it was never presented to you. The way of grace was always presented to the to the non-Jewish believers. You got me? But we have a tendency to want to walk by sight. I got to do this and I got to do that. Why you got to do it? So that I can be right with God. I got to do so that I can be right with God. But God said, in your doing is not going to make you right with me. It is your believing that's going to make you right with me. You got it? Now, Jesus talks about being made free. Let's go to Matthew 11. Matthew 11, verse 28, uh, 29 and 30. Y'all stay with me today. Are you getting this today? You got to help me. Help me online community. You got to help me. Say again with me, I am forgiven and I am justified. You got to continue to say that, continue to believe that. Because when you do that, you're speaking the way of faith and not the way of works. Are you hearing? Matthew 11, verse 28 through, two, uh, through 30 says this. Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me or learn from me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What's he talking about? Rest from what? Rest from the law of always trying to be good, but never measuring up to the standard. You can't measure up to the standard. Now, all of us inwardly know that there is a standard. There's a standard over our lives. Why, do, why, why else would we say, I can't do this right? Or why do we say, why do I keep doing this? Or, you know, we say that because there is a standard. There's some invisible thing that we say that, that's over us. And when we don't meet that, when we don't meet up to our own expectations, we say we failed. And we find shame and guilt and condemnation. All these things trying to meet up to a standard and you will never be able to meet up to the standard. God never intended you to meet up to the standard. 
You can't do it in your own flesh. You can only do it by the spirit. As scripture says, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. You cannot walk this walk before God in the flesh. It's going to be always in the spirit. That's why the Bible says that those who are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God, the true children of God who are led by the spirit. Now, let me show you this. Once again, about this weary and heavy laden thing that Jesus is talking about here. Let's go to um, same Matthew 11, uh, verse 28. Let's look at this out of the Amplified Bible. Matthew 11, verse 28 says this. Amplified brings it a little bit closer. It says, come unto, it says, come to me, all who are weary and heavily burdened by what? Religious rituals that provide no peace. Don't you know you can go to church all your life and have no peace? I mean, all of your life and have no peace, but live under a standard of condemnation. He says, the Lord says, come to me, come to me, come to me, grace, come to me, come to grace and truth, not law, come to me. He said, all who are weary, y'all are so tired trying to do right. You're so wore out. God, I just can't do it. I keep drinking. I keep smoking. God, I just can't do it. I can't, I can't keep praying enough. I'm tired, Lord. I'm tired. I just can't do it. I just can't walk this life. You know what, honey? You're absolutely right. You can't. You never could. You never could. I never could. And I still can't. When you're walking by law, but walking by the spirit, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Are we getting it now? So these religious rituals will provide you no peace whatsoever. If you're doing these things by the flesh and not by the spirit. Let's go to Galatians. Let's go to Galatians 2. Galatians 2, in this, in Galatians 2, uh, Peter had come down with some other apostles and Paul was there and, and Peter began to be drawn away, the Bible says, by their dissimulation. He said, uh, that is, uh, Paul was there with um, the, uh, Paul was there with the non-Jewish believers, with the Gentiles, and, and the Jews and Gentiles were fellowshiping one with another, but when Peter came down, and then some other believing brothers came down uh, from Jerusalem or wherever they were from. They came down, and, and Peter basically was intimidated, and he began to think about law. I'm not supposed to be hanging around with uh, these Jewish, uh, rather these non-Jewish people, these Gentiles. So Peter began to separate himself from the uh, from the Gentiles, from the non-Jewish people, he began to separate and start hanging around only with his kind. Because of the other, the other religious brothers that came down and thought, hey, you're not, you're not supposed to be with the Gentiles. So Paul had to correct them. He said, if you being a Jew lives like a Gentile, why are you going to try to put folk back in bondage? So this is part of the conversation. Look at this. In uh, Genesis, uh, Galatians, Galatians 2, look at verse number 15, uh, 15 and 16. It says this, you and I are Jews by birth, not sinners like the Gentiles. In other words, we have, God gave us the law. God gave us the law. We're not like the Gentiles who never had the law. But look at verse number 16. It says, yet we know, we, we know, Peter, you and I know. We know that a person is made right with God. Now, remember that phrase, right with God. A person is made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ, not by obeying the law. Are you with me? And we have believed in Christ Jesus so that we, uh, so that we might be made right with God because of our faith in Christ, not because we have obeyed the law. Look at the very last phrase. For no one, say no one. For no one, no one, say no one. Say not me, not you, not anybody. 
He says, for no one will ever be made right with God by obeying the law. You see that? Can't be done. It's impossible. But yet and still our focus many times is on me doing right. Let's put that down here. Let's put that down here. Um, let me say, I'll say me doing right. H-T. Now, I know it's Scribble Online community. Don't be judging me. <laughs> me doing right is under law. But grace is about Jesus doing right. You got it? And I step into his rightness. I'm not examined. It is his rightness. I'm having faith that because of his rightness, God will accept me. Under law, you're having faith that because of your rightness, God will accept you. And you can never be accepted by your own rightness. That is called self-righteousness. And it is a stench in the nostrils of God. You got it? So let's go to, let's, um, let's go to Romans. I love this. We'll go here again. Romans 10, verses 1 through 4. We were here last time, and I want you to see something else. Romans 10, verses 1 through 4, it says this. Dear brothers and sisters, the longing of my heart and my prayer to God is for the people of Israel to be saved. For I know what enthusiasm they have for God. And a lot of, well, there are a lot of well-meaning people in churches. A lot of people, I love Jesus, but they are beaten down. I love Jesus and living poor, weak, and defeated lives. Because they continually look at themselves. If you ask them, when you die, are you going to heaven? They say, I hope so. I hope so. What are they saying? I hope I've done enough right. I hope I've been good enough. I've tried. I've tried to live a good life. I've tried. So it. You're basing your eternal security on you? I hope I'm going to heaven. I hope. Well, I can say, you asked me that question? Oh, absolutely, I'm going to heaven. What, what, what do you mean, Pastor? You've lived a perfect life? <laughs> absolutely not. It's not me. It's Jesus. When I stand before God the Father, I will be pointing at Jesus. I'm here in his righteousness. He is my savior. He is my atoning sacrifice. I stand in his finished work. It's not about me being right. It's about him being right. And I stand by faith in the righteousness of Christ. And when you do that, the Bible declares that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Is it coming? You got it? Verse 2, it says, I know what enthusiasm they have for God. But it is misplaced zeal, for they don't understand God's way. Say God's way. All right, let me do this here. Grace and faith is God's, God's way. Got it? it? Says they don't understand God's way. Say God's way. They don't understand God's way of making people right with himself. Refusing to accept what God's way, refusing to accept God's way, they cling to their own way of getting right with God by trying to keep the law. So there is God's way and there is man's, man's way. God's way will lead you into right standing with God. Man's way will lead you straight to hell. Are you hearing? All right. It says again, verse three, for they don't understand God's way of making people right with himself. Refusing to accept God's way, they cling to their own way of getting right with God by trying to keep the law. 
I got to stop here another again. You got many people who say, I love Jesus, I love Jesus, but they don't receive his righteousness because they're trying to establish their own. These are people that look down upon you if you don't do, uh, if you don't look like them. And if you don't wear a suit and tie, these are people that look down on you if you don't go to church. These are people look down on you if you don't pray. This is the people that look down on you if you don't give. These are people that look down on you if you don't fulfill their religious requirements. Why? Because they're a student of law and not of grace. Are you hearing me? Yes, we're going to do all these things. We're going we're to go to church. Praise God. We're going to study the word. We're going to pray. We're going to fast. We're going to do all these things. All these things help us to grow in our relationship with the Father. We're in Bible study right now. Bible study church right now. We're studying the word of God right now. That may be a shocker. You get what I'm saying? We do these things to grow in the knowledge of him because his word frees us. I wonder how many of you today are, uh, are beginning to feel freer on the inside from hearing the word of God. Are you hearing? Verse 4 says again, he says, uh, well, verse 4 says, For Christ has already accomplished the purpose for which the law was given. Jesus said, I already did that. For Christ has already accomplished the purpose for which the law was given. As a result, all who believe in him are made right with God. You got this? So you can go to church for years and be in bondage. You can be a believer and be in bondage. Because you're always looking at you and never at him. And look, look, looking at yourself and not at him, that's the way that you continue to go in circles in life. In circles. You can walk in circles, never getting ahead, never, grow, never growing in intimacy with God, always walking in circles. Where do we find that picture, that pattern? We find that with children of Israel, right? When they uh, were walking through the wilderness, when it came time for them to cross over into the promised land, they could have crossed over, but they said, we can't do it. Why? Because we look like grasshoppers in our, our sight, in their sight. We look, we look like grasshoppers. We can't do this. We can't do this. They didn't consider God. They only considered themselves. We're not strong enough to defeat these giants. They're mightier than us. They didn't consider God. And that's what works will do. That's what law will do. It makes you, and again, its purpose is for you to see your own sin, your weaknesses, and, and your inadequacies. But you don't stay there. You cry out for the Savior. God, I agree with you. I need help really bad. Would you send Jesus? I believe Jesus, and I receive him as my Lord. I receive him as my Savior. And through him, I, and through faith in him, I am now righteous in your sight. Righteousness is a free gift that God gives to you. Remember, if you earn it, it's no longer a gift. You got me? Again, the law is works-based. You earn. Let's put that down here. You earn. Online community, those of you who are listening by podcast, I'm writing the word earn on the side of law. But on the side of grace, I'm writing gift. I just wrote gift on the side of grace. You got me? We're almost done today. Let's go back to Galatians, second chapter. Let's look at uh, verse number 17. Galatians, second chapter, verse 17. Are y'all getting this today? It says this, but if while we seek to be justified by Christ, if now he's giving a, uh, a supposed thing, you know, he's saying, He's giving us a hypothetical situation, if, hypothetical situation, hypothetically speaking. He says, if, but if while we seek to be justified by Christ, and we are today, right? I'm seeking to be justified, reckoned guiltless by Christ. When I stand before God, I will be guiltless 
because of Christ. Remember, justified meaning to be declared without guilt, to be declared guiltless, innocent. Right. So if while I am pursuing Christ, Scripture says what? Uh, if if it says, but if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves are found sinners. Is therefore Christ the minister of sin? God forbid. He said, if while I'm pursuing Christ, uh, I'm found to be a sinner. What do you mean found to be a sinner? That I'm not doing works of law. Because I've, in order to follow Christ, I've got to leave the law. In order to truly follow after Christ, I've got to stop looking at me and what I'm doing. I must now look at Jesus I must now look, look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith. I must now focus my attention on him. If while I'm focusing on him, it comes up that I have not done something that the law requires. Oh, my goodness. Has Jesus been the minister of sin? Has Jesus led me into sin? No. Scripture says, God forbid. Look at verse 18. For this is when sin pops up. For if I Build again the things which I destroyed. I make myself a transgressor. In other words, he's saying, if while I'm pursuing Christ, I bring myself back under the law. If I rebuild or establish, reestablish the domination of law over my life, then I get into sin. If while I'm pursuing Christ, maybe I trip up, I mess up, I, I make a mistake, I sin. And then I began to look at me and how bad I am. And I can't believe I did this. And all this shame, guilt, condemnation comes over me. And if I remain over him, I'm rebuilding this law all back over my life again. He said, that's sin. In other words, your confession with Christ should stay constant and consistent. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am forgiven of all sins. I have been justified. I am redeemed. I have been reconciled to God. I am holy because he that called me is holy. I am the temple of the Holy Spirit of God. My sins have been washed away by the precious blood of the Lamb. If I continue in that confession, now I can continue in that confession or I can continue, oh, I'm so poor old sinner. I don't know what I've done to myself. I just can't be good enough. And what is that doing? That way, oh, is drawing you further and further down. Is increasing the chains on you and you're further and further in bondage. But here in grace, I'm liberated from the sin. I'm rising higher than it is. And you discover the more you walk with Christ, sin will just be really something that is beneath you. I don't want to do that anymore. I'm a king. You say, I'm a king. I'm a queen. I'm a child of God. That activity is beneath me. I don't want to do that. I don't have to lower myself to that. I'm above that in Christ Jesus. You got me? The more you walk with the light in the light, the more potholes you see in the road. The closer you get to the light, the more you see the, the different potholes. Before you couldn't see it. You weren't that close to the Lord. In, in your relationship with him, he's been in the same place. But the further you walk with him, the more you see him. The more you understand him, the more you're learning of him. Jesus said, learn of me. The more you learn of him, the more light you receive. God's word is light. At the entrance of his word, there's light. And the closer you walk to the light, the more you see the pitfalls, the pits at the devil, the more you see his traps. So the closer you get to the light, the more you see those pitfalls or traps of sin. And, and at first, you'll just simply step around and you'll avoid them. Next time, you may just... Hop over. But the further you walk with him, you just float over. I don't do that anymore. That's just not me. That's just not me. You got it? Let's go a little bit further, then we will close out. Verse number 19 says, and this is the proper attitude. It says, for I through the law am dead to the law that I might live unto God. Now, this is a, a phrase that we're going to have to keep here, and then we're going to close out with this. So I don't want to go any further. I'll show you a couple more 
corresponding scriptures, then we're going to close out. He says, for I, through the law, am dead to the law. I am dead to the law. I am dead to the law that I may live unto God. A prerequisite for living unto God is to be dead to the law. Right? I must be dead to the law so that I can live unto God and have that abundant life that Jesus spoke of. As long as you are under the law looking at you, you will never truly live unto God. It's possible to serve Jesus in bondage, you know. It is possible to serve Jesus and never grow. It's extremely possible for you to live in hell and go to heaven. It's possible, you know, to live under a curse and love Jesus. The Bible talks about curse of those who do not do all the things of the law. If you're living under the law, you must do all of the law. You must not fall in one point because if you do curse, so there is a curse under the law if you do not do all the points of the law, and we cannot do it. But there is a blessing that's under grace and truth because Jesus has already done it. You got me? Let me show you just two more scriptures, and I'm telling you, I'm going to let you go. Let's go to Romans. Romans, uh, Romans 7. Romans 7. Let's talk about this being dead to the law thing. In Romans 7, it starts off with Paul giving, or the writer here, giving uh, the people uh, an illustration of a married couple. He tells them, uh, if a woman is married to a man, and as long as that man is alive, if she chooses to go and get married to another man, she is an adulteress. Why? Because she's still under the covenant of marriage. But if he dies, she's no longer, she's no longer uh, under that obligation. If she remarries after he dies, she is free from that covenant. No problem whatsoever. She's not an adulteress. In other words, his death has freed her from that covenant or that law. Let's look at this. He goes further on down. Romans 7, verse 4 through 6 says this. So, my dear brothers and sisters, this is the point. You died to the power of the law when you died with Christ. So Christ not only died for you, he died as you, and you died with him. You have to say, I died with Christ. He says, you died to the power of the law when you died with Christ. And now you are unified, or rather now you are united with the one who was raised from the dead. As a result, you can produce a harvest of good deeds for God. Once you're dead to the law, then you can truly live. He says, you died to the law. You're no longer under that. I died with Christ, so therefore, law no longer has power over me. Now, the strength of sin is law. The Bible says the strength of sin is law. So if there is law over your life, you're going to see sin and you'll be active in sin. Now, sin brought in death, right? Sin brought in death and death brought in sickness, disease, fear, so forth and so on. So if law does not have a hold of your life, neither does sin, neither does sickness or disease and all these other things that came as a result of sin. Because you died with Christ, that simply says that sin, sickness, disease, poverty, fear, doubt, all those things have no power over you because you've died to that influence and you were resurrected with Christ. Make sense? Let's go a little bit further. Verse 5 says, when, when we were controlled by our old nature, sinful desires were at work within us, and the law aroused these evil desires that produce a harvest of sinful deeds, resulting in death. But now you have been released from the law. Say with me, I have been released from the law. All right. But now we have been released from the law for we died to it. Say, I died to it and are no longer captive to its power. Right. And says now we have now we can serve God 
not as the old way of obeying, or rather not in the old way of obeying uh, the letter of the law, but in the new way of living in the spirit. So again, the law only has power over you when you allow it to. Jesus has freed you from it. And because he freed you from the power of law, he freed you from the power of sin. And because he freed you from the power of sin, he also has, to, he also has freed you from the power of death. Don't you understand that you will never die? Jesus said, those who believe in me, though they were dead, yet shall they live. And those that are living, you believe in me, you shall never die. You simply leave from this life and go into your next life. You will never die. Jesus has defeated it all. Are you hearing? Now let's go back to Galatians 20. We're going to close out with these two scriptures here. Galatians, uh, the second chapter, Galatians, second chapter, verse number 20. Galatians, second chapter, verse number 20 says, I am crucified with Christ. Now we see it a little bit better now, right? He said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Verse 21, and we'll stop here. I do not frustrate the grace of God. I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. If people could be made right with God by doing good things, then Jesus died in vain. If people could be made right with God by adhering to religion or religious rituals, then Jesus died in vain. God sent his son because we couldn't do it. No matter what religion somebody is in, most religions of the world, if not 99.5% of all the things, all the religions in the world are all works based. Some say you got to knock on the doors to be saved. Some say you got to do this and sometimes you got to do that and you got to pray several times a day. You got to do this. It's all what you've got to do. All what you've got to do in order to appease this high deity. But Christianity is not like that. It's not about what you do. It's about what Jesus has done. It's about what God did through his son and receiving and believing what Jesus did for us that makes us right in the sight of God. True Christianity is about believing and not about doing. But here's the battle. When the enemy has crept in, the spirit of Antichrist crept in and saying, no, believing is not enough. You got to do this too. It's not good enough that you just believe in Jesus. Oh, that's fine. Believe in him. Yeah, yeah. But you got to do this. And the moment we, the moment we connect doing with believing we're already doomed because now you're in a, now you're trying to fly with one bad wing and you're just going to keep flapping. I believe in Jesus. I believe in Jesus. Well, that's great. But now I got to do this too. I got to do this too. And so you're flapping with a bad wing, flapping with a bad wing and you can never go away. When Jesus said, no, you don't need that other. He said, just fly. You got it? Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for this time you've given us together on your word. Lord, we pray today that you would continue to impress upon your people this grace in which they stand. And Lord, I pray that you would have them to realize that they are forgiven through Christ Jesus and that the law has no dominion over them. I thank you, Father, for them. And Lord, I pray that as a result of this, that that they are, if they need healing, that they're healed. If they need deliverance, then they are delivered. If they need a new job or if they need uh, more money or whatever they need to live that abundant life for Christ Jesus, Lord, I declare that it's already authorized through your blood and they're already qualified to live a good life. They're qualified to live the blessed life and not a cursed life. Lord, I declare your word that Christ was made a curse for them. Jesus took the curse for them, for it is written, Curses any man that hangeth on a tree. 
I thank you, Lord, that you have fulfilled the requirements of the law. And so your people now enter into glorious rest, this blessed state where they can be free from shame, guilt, and condemnation, free from the works of the law, free from trying to be perfect and living in perfection when they can just believe and receive and become that. And you do that work. For it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So Holy Spirit, we invite you in to have your way in us and perfect us your way and not our way. We give you praise today in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. And amen. Thank you for watching. We will see you on the next time. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.